Good morning, everybody. Good morning. We hope you guys are having a good day. Uh, welcome to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins. How are you doing today, babe? I'm doing great this morning. And hello, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are in here. Happy Mother's Day to you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Do you feel different on this Mother's Day? Uh, I feel I feel like a tired mama. <laughs> you feel like a tired mama. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got your sleep, and that's good. You know, I did. I read a. Um, I watched a TED talk mm -hmm. where there was a guy who was talking about. I didn't know this, but he said literally, not getting enough sleep can cause like significant illnesses and cancer, and even disrupt your whole DNA. It was very persuasive. I encourage everybody to watch it. It really helped me understand like why sleep is so important. Man, you're not a mama, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sleep doesn't really come to mamas like that. Well, you know what? I think that a good way to support mamas is to help mamas get sleep. <laughs> so true. Yeah, that was one of my first jobs. Like when I when I first when you and I first got together, it was I felt like I felt like my um I felt like my uh, job was to be a guardian of your sleep to make sure you could take a nap. Yeah, you know, and I was real big on that because mm -hmm. I was like, no, no, you should not be sleep deprived. But anyway, uh, hey, Sachi, hey, Brian, uh, Brian and D Rivers. Uh, yeah, well, happy Mother's Day to everybody. And, uh, and before we even jump into our topic for today, I wanted to uh, wish happy Mother's Day to my two mothers. Um, first, I got my mama, Mama Robin. That's what the children call her. And uh, my mother is uh, very special to me, obviously. And let me tell you about my mother, which is real interesting. I don't want to, I'm, I'm not going to politicize it, but you know, right now there's a whole conversation about, you know, Roe versus Wade and all that, right? Which I'm not going to get into that. But my mother, um, you know, they they told my mother that she shouldn't give birth to me that like you know that her life was going to be miserable and it because she didn't have any help you know my father for whatever reason it, it, it didn't work out and my mother was in that hospital all by herself and she chose to um face up and and have the bravery to give birth to me and uh and nobody was there it was me my mother and a white nurse and that's it and um and so you know when i think about me and my mother coming into the world or me coming into the world by myself with my mother with it just being me and her and i picture her like you know waiting for her ride at the hospital with this little baby i have so much admiration for the bravery that it took for her to make that choice you know and i'm really and i appreciate um so maybe it's maybe you could say my mom was pro-choice because she made the choice to keep me and I appreciate that very much. And I love my mama and I just have to, I'm going to acknowledge that to the day that I die. And I'm also going to acknowledge your mother who is a wonderful lady. And um, she reminds me of Mama, my grandmother who's in heaven right now, who's listening to this podcast. Cause they have good heaven. They have good wifi in heaven. And, um, and so your, your Nana is um, also a second mother to me. So. And I think um, the supports that mom needs it's just so critical. I think that's what a lot of, okay, it all is politicized, of course. But it's it's just so ironic that some of the, and I'm not really conservative or uh, liberal um, to that extent, but I just find that uh, we're, we're pro-choice and, and that's based in religion, of course. Uh, but at the same time, want laws and legislation and just, regular support for maternity leave and uh, child care. Child care is so complete, so expensive. Good quality child care is just, 
So it's there's just I think that the people who are pro-life and anti-abortion should also spend a lot of their time putting something in place to support moms in this country. It's pathetic. You go to any other country. Um, my um, I had a friend who did a uh, she did a teaching job in Australia. And she said her, a colleague of hers had a baby and came back two years later. She did not even return. So she was able to, with pay and support from the government of Australia and other supports through the university, she was able to stay home with her child for two years and before she came back to work. And so I'm just saying that like we do a piss poor job as a country supporting moms. And um, and I know they have um, you have to have at least six weeks off from work. It doesn't even have to be with pay. So I think there's just a lot of um, barriers in place that would make a person want to decide to. I just can't have this baby. Possibly. Anyway, so I, I just can, wanted to make that point. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, everybody has their opinions on it. That's you know? true. I, I'm I'm just glad my mother gave. But that's some of the problems. Like I listened to the story about your mother. And I'm just like she should have had way more support. That that that's you know? true. That's true. That that's good. Well, she should have had my father. Like the you know, and that in the fact that he wasn't there when I was born, he could have made a decision to be there. You know, so mm -hmm. uh, my feeling is like, you know, I think that a lot of things started just also started home. Um, I'm not a big fan of necessarily thinking the government should do the job of the parent. You know that like you know, so I think that with fatherlessness. Or for whatever reason, you know, when the fathers aren't mm -hmm. around, I, I, I don't think kids are as well off without the dad. You know, you're, you're so, so right, and I don't know what happened between them. Something clearly must have happened, but you know, sometimes we need safety nets. We need safety nets. Well, we, we do. so what if? Because my mom, um, her father died when she was sixteen, mm -hmm. and um, and so what do you do? There's five of them, five little kids, and the my 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 mom's parents were married. And the father died, and her her father died, and so you do have uh, social security that s steps in and at least offers some financial support to families who lose a father like that. So I mean, there's all sorts of scenarios, and I am in favor of social nets. Yeah, well, safety nets. Nothing wrong with safety nets. Yeah. So let's do. Um, so by the way, you're watching Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins, and uh, this is where we decided to do a podcast together. Because we're two professors who believe in black love and we like to talk to the black community. So uh, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Just a reminder, this Saturday, uh, Alicia and I are going to be in Chicago. Sunday. Uh, Sunday, sorry, this Sunday, May 15th. Thank you. Uh, May 15th. So if you want to join us uh, in Chicago, you can go to boyceandalicia.com uh, or you can actually go to boycewalkins.com. There's a, the information's on both places. So. Uh, boysandalicia.com, the URL's on the screen. All right, so let's... Wait, let, so let me... I, hold on, I just want to say, I love day parties. Yeah, that's Let me tell fun. you, in my age, a day party's what's happening. Parties at night, I can't do it. <laughs> oh, well, I, 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 like so, all the, I like all the parties. So day parties are great, and if you like day parties, come join us. We're going to have a day party. Yeah, it's going to be Chicago. fun. <laughs> it's going to be very social, uh, letting people meet each other, and also um, a chance to learn. Um, you know, I, I want to talk about generational wealth and legacy, and I know you want to talk about healthy relationships, you yeah. know, and I think that that's so. So you won't just have fun. You'll learn a lot. Oh, don't bring your kids, though. This is not a family event. This is a more of a individual or couples, singles or couples. 
so adults adults only so either you're a single adult or a couple adult um so don't this is not a um you know an event for kids uh okay so let me let me dive into uh something else here first of all i want to start off here with this too before we move forward so this is mother's day i want everybody i want to do a mother's day shout out so every single person in the chat I want you to put the name of your mother or mother figure into the chat. Shout out your mama real quick. So Isabel and Jesse and Jerry and Nikki and B Morgans and Linda and DJ Charisma, Nicole, Alpo, uh, everybody else. Shout out the name of your mother. My mother is Robin and Alicia's mother is Janice. AKA, AKA Nana. Nana. So okay, we got Tanya Cage. All right. Uh, shout out the name of your mama, Josephine. All right, I see Ophelia, Joanne Scott. Is it Joan Scott? Joanne Scott, I'm sorry. Shirley May. Wow, that's such a country name. I love it. Shirley May. Shirley May Jenkins. I'm playing. I know, I know that's probably not her last name. That's a great name. I love it. Shirley. Oh, Shirley May Jones. Justine Jones. Her mom's Shirley May. Sure, uh, Brenda Odette. Uh, that's Elizabeth's mom. But Jerry's mom was Beverly Sims. Dolly Awesome says Donna. I see Johanna for Cynthia. Glory Jean, Glory Jean, the black, we got the best names, don't we? Um, Ida, Margaret, Carendi, Cynthia Cole, Devera, Devera, I think I knew a Devera, uh, Juanita Benson, Margaret Trusty, Ingrid, Beatrice, Thelma. Remember good times? What kind of name is Thelma? Well, what kind of name is Mad Dog? <laughs> My mama took one look at me and called Call me, me Thelma. Thelma. Your mama took one look at you and called you mad, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a famous Good Times episode. Uh, Nora, Ali Mae, June, Veronica, Eunice, Mother's Day to my mama, Jesse, and grandma, Jesse, says Jesse Love. All right. Also, she's got Jesse, so she's a long line of Jesse's. Nice. Margaret, Diane, uh, that's Diane's mama, or really, says Lorraine, and Woods, Dorothy May. Um, Cynthia is Angel Evans' mama. Annette is Nicole's mama. Pauline is Lara, Larry's mama. Patricia, I, I'm sorry, I have to. Um, I can't. I can't get through every single name because we should get to topics. But uh, Patricia, RIP 2016. Well, don't worry, Reginald. She she can hear you from heaven. They have good Wi-Fi in heaven. I have confirmed this. Mary Lee, Maj, uh, Maji, Georgia May uh, uh, says James Lee, Sherry Louise in Baltimore, Margaret Louise. Teresca, Teresa, is that Teresa or Teresca? Uh, Sandy, uh, let's see, Gertrude Ellis, Lily May, Cheryl, Elizabeth, Olivia, Richardson, Beatrice. Okay, so we named a few mamas. I'm sorry if I didn't get to name your mama. I just don't want to um, drag it on too long, uh, but I really wanted to do that because I really think it's important for us to shout out the people that are responsible for our happiness and success. Now, um, the next topic I want to ask you about was, did you see that video? I put it up on my Instagram. I can't actually play it in this feed uh, for whatever reason because of this app. But there was a video where a lady called in and she, she called into a show and she basically said that her, um, her fiance, 32 years old, had a girlfriend or wife who died during childbirth five years ago. As a result, she had this, he has this five-year-old daughter and she says he's the, the girl's very attached to her daddy and I'm pregnant with his son. And I feel like my son won't be able to bond with his father because basically she'll get in the way of that. Also seeing her reminds me of his, uh, of his ex 
and it reminds him of his ex. All he does is he thinks about his ex, and I'd like to get rid of her. He literally, she literally says, "I'd like to send her to live with an aunt or maybe a nice couple that wants to adopt a child." What should I do? What, mm-hmm. what was your thought when you heard that? Um, well, listen, before I get into this, I mean, I know I've talked about this before, but I think it's just important not to judge, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, what she said is very, can be very, uh, it, it's it's really awful to hear, by the way. So I think it's just important. What I try to do um, when I listen to really sticky topics like this, I try to understand mm-hmm. instead of judging. Right. Okay. So I just want to say, understand and not judge is so important when you want to try to deconstruct deconstruct a situation and try to tease everything out and try to figure out what's happening. Because it's a dynamic between family members and between couples. It's all a dynamic and everybody plays a role in the feelings and the thoughts and perspectives and all of those things that's important. So I want to say that first. Don't you agree, boys? <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, I think understanding can help. I think yeah. an explanation is very important, and which mm-hmm. which an explanation can help you understand where they're coming from. But an explanation is not an excuse. Yeah. So don't see it as oh, making excuses for someone's behavior. You don't you don't see it that way. But I think the first step in trying to figure out what's happening in certain scenarios, it's just better to just try to figure out how and why that dynamic is playing out between people. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a heck of a dynamic there, right? Well, the first <laughs> thing, relationship. Well, the first thing mm-hmm. I would recommend. Well, first thing I would, I like the fact that she was honest. You know, she was honest about okay. not not wanting the baby there, the little girl there, because she feels like it's going to get in the way of uh-huh. you know of her situation and everything. I, okay. I like I like the honesty, but the problem with the honesty is it's like confessing to a crime. Your sentence won't be as harsh but you're still going to get punished. So I would, I think that that first step of honesty is I would, I would say, does he know, like, does he know how you feel? Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I would want to know if I had, if I was about to marry a predator, basically, that's kind of what it is. It's like letting an, okay. abuse, or an abuser, better yet an abuser. Oh, that sounds so that, No, 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 no. But it sounds, it sounds judgmental, but think about it. Imagine if you, imagine if you were going to, or not you, but imagine a woman says, I'm going to marry a man or a man says, I'm about to marry a woman and I'm thinking about, I'm really attracted to her daughter and I want you know what I mean? I think I might try to sleep with her or something. Well, you'd want the mother to know that the, this person, this abuser is coming into the house. So I think for him, he's letting an emotional abuser into the home. That's going to abuse his daughter. The lady's honest. She admitted like, I can't help it. I'm not going to treat her very well. I'm going to be mean to her like because I don't like her. She reminds me of his ex you know, I, I want to get rid of her. Like that's, that's, um, that's like, that makes me think about like infanticide, you know, where you have a, a step parent who truly despises or has contempt for the children. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that, that I'm not saying judge here, but think about it. If I had contempt for your children, you couldn't marry me. That'd be crazy. That's, that is crazy. Um, so I just want to say, okay, let's look at it from this, um, mom's perspective, this, soon to be mother, soon to be wife. Let's try to see it from her perspective. What is she thinking? What she could be thinking is, um, you know, when someone dies, it's like um, when someone dies and it happens with sibling dynamics too. It's just that if someone dies or if a sibling dies or if like a um, 
a former whoever dies, it's almost like you put that the memory of that deceased person is way up on this pedestal. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that dynamic where it's just yeah. like nobody can say anything? It's like Tupac. Like no rapper can compare himself to Tupac. Yeah, but Tupac didn't even make that much music. He and really maybe, he maybe he would have fallen off. There's so we many, don't know. There's so many rappers. <laughs> I was around in the Tupac era. There's so many rappers who are just as good as him. T.I.'s as good as Tupac. Jay-Z's as good as Tupac. A couple others have been as good. Eminem is as good as Tupac, especially when you talk about longevity and all this stuff. He exceeds Tupac in longevity because long, Tupac was famous, super famous for about two years. Uh-huh. You know, but yet you cannot compare yourself to Tupac, so I get it. It's the yeah. Two, we call it the Tupac effect. The two, Okay, we're going to talk the Tupac effect. So it's just, it's just like we don't know what's happening in that home. We don't know if uh if there's all these comparisons of her and this deceased person mm-hmm. may she rest in peace love yes. a soul and all that but the thing is is that when you feel like you're getting maybe perhaps she feels like she's getting compared to this person who is also perfect because dare we say anything negative about a deceased person so right. i mean i'm wondering if that dynamic is kind of playing out maybe there's some unresolved grief going on between the father and the daughter and maybe they bonded over this grief and maybe she feels like she's not included Mm. as a family member Mm. you know remember we taught that class about the drama free family and we talked about you know the perspective of everybody who plays a certain role Mm. in the family and what you know how that dynamic plays out and how it can can be the problem Mm. you know so we don't know i have a hunch that maybe that's what's happening that maybe she just wants to be included. Maybe underneath all of that is resentment, of course, because she, how can you compare to a deceased person? You never can measure up. So maybe she just feels like there's no place for her in their relationship. Maybe mm. she has tried to talk to the daughter and to have a relationship with this little girl. And of course, the relationship with the child is... um uh, basically based on what the bio parent says. So maybe she's so in love with this man, but when it comes to the daughter, he won't, you know, he won't allow a bonding. He won't allow any sort of connection because maybe he thinks it's an abomination to his, uh, I guess, I don't know, maybe they were married to his deceased um, wife. So we don't know if that sort of dynamic is playing out for her. Well, well, I, I would say, well, first of all, um, Alicia has a great curriculum on drama-free families and blended families. We did a whole weekend intensive on that, and um, and I joined her and supported her. So if you go to coachingwithdralicia.com, you can actually take a look at it if that's of interest to you, if that helps you. And also she does um, – I don't know if, she has, um, if you have room for clients, but um, – okay. Oh, gosh. I'm yeah. filling up here, but, yeah, I, I have some some space. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So feel free to <laughs> visit coachingwithdralicia.com. Um, so here's what I am. I just wonder about that. Yeah, I, I do. I do get that. Right. And I think it's like it's almost like if um if I meet somebody who says I, I want to be a serial killer. Right. There's a whole lot to unpack. There's a whole lot of understanding that could take place. There's a whole lot of reasons why the person might want to be a serial killer. But the first and most important task is you must protect people from the serial killer. Period. You got to protect people from the person that's going to do harm. So m- the first job, in my view. Again, I'm, I'm not a therapist here, right? My job, first job, my view is to protect this innocent little daughter who just loves her daddy, who's already traumatized because her mama's gone. Protect her from this lady 
who's going to come in and do her do a Cinderella on her. You know, who's who's not going to treat her the same. How do you know that? Well, because she said it. Remember in the in the video the lady said, "I won't treat them the same. I won't treat my son the same way I treat this little girl." So, so so that's the first thing. You protect the daughter. But then then you're right. You have to have compassion for the mother and why she feels the way she feels. And I completely get it. You know, I I get it. You know, and I think and I think that that's the thing. This is why, you know, when there were a lot of people who gave me, you know, some people on the internet who kind of gave me a hard time because I was getting married and you already had kids and all that. And I didn't care what they thought because I had made my own decision. But but I but I did say to them, I said, yeah, if this is not if you're not about that step parent life or that bonus parent life, then don't do it. You know, because yeah, you, 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 you have to have a big heart. You got to really know, have the capacity to love children uh, in, that are not your own. And I like I love being a bonus dad. I love it. I mean, I don't care what nobody says. I hear guys. I think I saw Kevin Samuels do a video where he said to a lady that because she had kids, no man's going to want her. And I was like, I don't know if that's absolute makes sense because because i think kids are fun and and on father's day your kids give me father's day gifts and we have a great and, I, and it's a great experience but that is my personality type some people don't like kids that much and if you don't like kids yeah you probably shouldn't be a step parent because you're going to abuse them okay so i don't know okay so here's the thing would you have married me if i came in and i just kept comparing you to their dead. Uh, and would you have married me if I would not um, foster a relationship between you and the kids? Or if I stood in the way, like, because, you know, kids can be real snotty. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Would you have married me if I didn't, if you didn't feel supported um, by me? You know, if you didn't, no, because I set not. the tone. You know, and so this is what happens. You you start to build up resentment and anger. And that's what I'm thinking is happening with this mother. I think that maybe underneath it, because she loves this man so much, she feels like um, she's being put into a, a position, you know, that's uh, this might not be necessarily fair to her. And she may have some anger and resentment there. And it's coming out. To say I want to get rid of this little girl, but maybe she doesn't really want to get rid of. Maybe she's talking out of frustration um, of a situation. So I don't know. I just want to at least um, lay out a scenario. I don't want to demonize. By the way, she didn't say any of that. She didn't say. Of course, she doesn't. She didn't say. She just said that the little girl loves her daddy. That's all she said. She didn't uh -huh. say the daddy mistreats me. The daddy does this, mm -hmm. and the little girl does that. She didn't say none of that. She just said, mm -hmm. I don't like this little person walking around who looks like his ex. Mm -hmm. And I already know that I'm not the type of person who's going to treat the two kids the same. Yeah. That, that's what she yeah, said. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, the thing is, is that therapy is so important because sometimes you just, you come in and you're just angry about something and you really need someone to talk to about it so you can try to get down to the root of it. So I'm trying to talk about what I've seen in my office in terms of once we scrape the butter off the toast <laughs> you know i try to get down to the root of the problem instead of demonizing someone and trying to understand where they're coming from you got to say okay tell me how did this come about who told you that this that that, that the love between a um a step um child and a biological child has to be so different like that and it can't and maybe she can tell her story maybe mm -hmm. she can say you know what when i was growing up i was a stepchild and my stepfather treated me awful 
And so I don't want that whole thing playing out into this scenario. So you never know, you never know how and why people come up with these things. And a lot of times you don't understand. That's why you go to therapy so that you can have some insight into your behavior about why you do things. That's the first step. I mean, the second step is, of course, the therapy part. But part of it is the deconstructing that and constructing it back together. I do think that this family can be, can, um, you know, can have a happy life together yeah. i mean he she's pregnant she's pregnant with him i mean it's worth a try to get down to the bottom of it i refuse to believe that someone is 100 evil and bad and nasty i don't believe that well yeah i, I believe that this is a caring woman yeah i don't see it as um mm -hmm. you know the, this lady who's pregnant with his so she's pregnant with his child though he's got the five-year-old who um you know is traumatized by her dead mother and is very close to the father and she's saying, you know, I don't think I could treat the kids the same. I, I want, I really would like for his daughter to go mm -hmm. so I can have a fresh relationship with this man, with my fresh new baby. Yeah. Um, and I get that, right? I think that there is uh, a lot to unpack there in it therapy and everything else. Mm -hmm. But the first thing to unpack is that relationship to me. First thing yeah. to unpack is, meaning unpack meaning dismantle. Like, I would go to him. If he was my friend, I'd be like, look, man, this I don't think this is going to be good unless something drastically changes. Because I see it so much as not so much her being a bad or good person. It's a preference. It's, almost, it's she's She reminds me of a lot of these guys who tell other men, you don't want to be a stepdaddy. Stepdaddies are suckers. Like being a, you know, a father okay. or dating a woman with kids, like only a fool would do that. Um, I wouldn't want, if, I, if I'm a mother with children, I would never want a man like that anywhere around my kids. Because they're they're gonna they're gonna harm them. They're gonna mm -hmm. neglect them. They're gonna make the because the children do nothing wrong. The children, all the kids know, all the kids know how to do is just be kids. They just sit there. They don't know about all our craziness that we have as adults. So you know, ultimately, when I hear her talk, I've heard it before. I've heard men say that. I've heard men say, you know, like I don't really like this. I like the lady. She's good. She looks good. But I don't really like her kids. And and I and the way I was raised was. When my father married my mother, knowing that my mother already had me, um, you know, he understood we were a package, period. Like, that's how we were raised. It was like, no, if you, my mother told him, like, if you want me, you got to want him, too. You can't take me and ignore him. And the, But there are some people who almost seem like they think that way. Like, I can just take this part of you that's so important and dismantle it and get rid of it. And you're right, though, maybe there's a way she can change. But I like the fact that she was honest enough mm -hmm. that you could say, okay, maybe this isn't for you. Maybe, oh. you know, maybe you need to be in another situation. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if I would dissolve the relationship necessarily. Now I don't recommend that they get married under this dynamic. You mm -hmm. know, I do recommend that they postpone the marriage until we can sort all of that stuff out. But I definitely am not saying that I think it's worth a try. So we, we try, kind of looking at things from from her perspective, let's look at things from the um, from the father's from the from the from his perspective. What do you think is happening with him, boys? What do you think he would say? I, I would, you know, what I would ask the father. I would wonder. I'd be like, did do you know what your wife just said or your future wife? They're about to get married. I'd be. I would ask him like, do you even know that she's even feeling this way? And then I would encourage them to just talk it out, and maybe they could talk it out with a therapist. For sure. Because because the, the challenge, as you mentioned, is. And the reason I would I would say, yeah, you might want to try to save the relationships because she's pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. So they kind of did things. Some would say traditionally it's out of order, right? You're supposed to get married and then get have the babies, but whatever, people do what they do. So, but so now if they break up, then now you've got like he's got two kids with two mamas, 
Well, I, I'm not certain. Like, I'm trying to look at it from his perspective. Like, I'm not certain. He already lost someone important to him, mm. you know? And so I would have a conversation. Let me tell you, my mom had a friend. Oh, my God. I'm going to share this story. My mom had a friend who married a man, okay? By the way, the marriage did not last, okay? Mm. And... um he had he had small he had children right and so the mom died okay so okay. the mom died his wife died and then he goes and he marries my mom's friend uh -huh. okay and she had he had pictures of this wife the deceased wife he had pictures of that deceased wife all through the house Mm. And like she was like, okay, like I'm talking about life size portrait. There was like a shrine to this lady right. in this house. And I remember going over there and I was like, uh, I was like, is that the lady that died? <laughs> you know, and there was she was like, yeah. So there was clothes of this lady in the house. There was all of her possessions. It was almost as if this lady had just disappeared and all of her belongings were left behind. There was no space for this new wife, <laughs> literally no space. And like the husband would not get rid of anything because how he, how was he feeling? You know, so he was feeling like he felt guilty, you know, like if I erase the memory of my children's mother, then I am disrespecting um, her memory and uh, and there was no room for another person to come in because how do you, again, you know, his grief, and this is what I'm wondering, if like it's unresolved grief. And at the same time, you want to be able to move on. That's what unresolved grief does. It keeps you stuck. And so he wanted to move on with this lady, but he couldn't, you know, and, um, and then he, you end up losing yet another woman in your life. So maybe it's just like, riddled with all of this loss and fear and there's almost like a um a tear i would i would think if i talked to, to this man that he would feel totally torn you know we don't know the the conditions or the reasons why this lady died but maybe there's some guilt in there maybe there's feelings of insecurity for him maybe he feels like um the best way to have a relationship with his daughter is just only going to be centered around the the bio mom, and maybe he just feels guilty by letting this new lady into their sort of relationship and dynamic because in some way he would be um, he would be minimizing the life of the biological mother. We don't know, but I, I assume that for him, maybe there's some unresolved grief. Could be okay. Yeah. So. Before we move on, I want to let you guys know you're listening to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. If you could take one second, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, my wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins, is a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work. Uh, my PhD is in finance. And so our goal is to help all of you learn how to live drama-free relationships, uh, have drama-free finances, and ultimately have a drama-free life. Uh, a lot of that, a lot of getting rid of the drama involves addressing the trauma and trauma is heavy in the black community and we just want you to be happy. Uh, so also don't forget that this week uh, in, we'll be in Chicago on May 15th. We're going to do a drama-free lifestyle generational wealth event. Uh, if you'd like to come check out that event, uh, you can actually get passes, uh, get your pass online because we, we probably won't have any passes at the door. You can go to boysandalicia.com uh, to take a look there, boysandalicia.com. There we go. All right. So let me address some of what you said there, right? 
and, and again, I'm gonna give you. Um, I can't really give. I can give a little bit of the doctor boy's perspective from what I know, but I don't know. I didn't study relationships. I study finance, but I can give you more so the uncle boy's perspective. So there's no license behind it, no degrees, no nothing, just, just point of view. So I hear that. Right. And, and, and I, I get it. You know, you, you move in somebody's house or you marry them and they've got baggage. And especially when people are over 30, Oh, Most my. people are bringing baggage to a Everybody relationship. Everybody got baggage. <laughs> right. They're bringing either a divorce or a, a baby mama, baby daddy scenario, or maybe just the baggage that comes from traumatic experiences that they've had in their other relationships. You know, uh, you're, you're, you're Russell Wilson. You want to settle down with Sierra and you got it. You're dealing with, you know, baby future, you know, who looks just like his raggedy daddy. Right. That's crazy. Right. Crazy. Right. So, so, Here's what I would say, though, right, it, which which ties into and then sometimes you have the most extreme cases where you're dealing with a deceased spouse, which is um, on, on one hand, you know that they're never going to cheat with that person. But then on the other hand, you you do have to compete with somebody who's dead, which is impossible to do. I would just say this. I think anybody who um, anybody who dates somebody who has a past has to accept the fact that you're going to deal with that past, mm -hmm. you know, and that the past, your past might be, it might be everything from the fact that you had children with another person to a divorce where they're draining the family bank account. Um, it could be your profession. You chose to become a police officer. And now I got to deal with the fact that you might die on the job, you know? So, so I think that, and I think that's where just critical decision-making has to come into play that, you know, if you get with somebody who has a past, you need to make sure you fully inform yourself on every aspect of that past and how it weighs into your present, or you need to walk away, right? Mm -hmm. And some people do that. Some people say, look, I need everything to have a clean slate, and I get it. You know, now, if your slate ain't clean, then that means you might be asking for something you're not offering yourself. You know, like a lot of the men who say, I would never date a, a woman with kids, you know, these guys got credit problems and, and student loan debt. Wait, hold on. And they got kids themselves all or, or, over. Or, or maybe five, six right. kids that they even right. the kids they still responsible for. Right, right, right. But it's, <laughs> but still at the same time, it's their right to do that. To me, if it, I'm like, the look, double standard. I, no, it might be a double standard, but it, but it, but I'm, I'm like Kevin Costner in Yellowstone where he said, there's no such thing as fair. And what do I mean by that? There's no such thing as fair in the sense that who am I to tell you that you don't have a right to decide you don't want to date a woman with kids? That's your right to do that. If you got it like that, like if you got a million dollars in your bank account and a penis made of gold and you can make that choice, then go for it. But if you're not, but, but the people I talk to are the ones who are, who are mad. Like you got, cause you got some guys who are mad, like all these women, they, they gold diggers and they, they want this and they want that. And I'm like, so you, you picking the wrong women or you're not bringing enough to the table to make those women respect you. That's why you're mad. That's why you're in the manosphere complaining about women. We really need to be complaining about yourself. You need to be analyzing yourself, right? So, so my point is to say, look, everybody has a right to demand what they want and different people can demand different things based on their situation. Like a job market. I might say, I'm not going to take any job for less than 200,000 a year, but that might be unrealistic for somebody who has a different resume for me or who's in a different industry. So, so here's what I'm saying with this. The baggage is always there. Um, if you, 
marry someone, and I'm speaking from a little bit from experience, you marry someone who has an ex-spouse, no matter how much work that person might try to do to minimize the impact of the ex-spouse, oh, the ex is there. <laughs> that person is, you need to understand, you're entering into a three-person situation, especially if their children are in your house. Well, you're assuming if it was one. Sometimes you marry somebody and they got five, six babies coming out of the woodwork. And then yeah. you got to deal with all those scenarios and their mamas. Yeah, if their mamas are that's around, that's what's happening. Yes, it does go You're both like, ways. Like, where did child yes, come from? Yes, yes. Oh my God, so, yet another. So I look at right. So I look at it whether or not your kids are adults or children. Yeah. Also, the amount of involvement of the other spouse. So you know, let's talk about the living as opposed to the dead. If you talk about the living, mm -hmm. if you got a spouse who says, "I got kids in your house." I'm going to be involved in what happens in that house. You're going to have to deal with that, right? Oh. Now, if the spouse is dead, then you also have to deal with the fact that you're married. You're not marrying a person with a clean slate. You're marrying somebody who is who went through a traumatic loss, where they they might still have some feelings for somebody else. The person's dead, but they, but it's still there. And and I would say that if you're not prepared to be compassionate enough to just say, you know what. I understand how you feel and I love you so much that I'm willing to deal with that, mm -hmm. then don't do it. You know, because I can imagine a case where a guy just or a woman just says, I love this man so much. I care about him so much that that even though I know that he has these feelings and he's working through his feelings over his ex-wife, I just want to be there with him to really help support him. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and and a woman like that to me is a keeper. That's a woman who cares about you. Who, she doesn't just love you. She cares about you. You know, there are some people who love you don't that don't care about you. They 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 want to be next to you. They want to benefit from having you in their life. They want to get access to your money, but they don't really care about how you feel. And Wait, I don't get that. How do you love someone and not care about them? Easy. Isn't that part of easy? It? Because I can love I can love a car. I can love I can love my I got is uh, that really love? I got an outfit in my car in my in my closet that I really love, but I don't care about it. Yeah, you can love some. Like, just think about it. I it, don't know if I would. Love, that's not my definition no, of love. But lo love, I guess. <laughs> love could be love could be defined okay. as a type of attachment. It's a oh, it's, really? okay. yeah, it's a connection to something, right? So okay. I can be connected to you. You know, like men, I've seen men say, I really love that stripper. I love going to the club when that stripper's there and I'll give her all my money. But he don't really care about it. Like it's somebody you know, Oh, okay. You see so what I, mean? I see your definition of love. It's just almost like a word that we just kind of throw out there to say that we really want to possess something. I, think, I don't go ahead. I've seen people use the word love a lot and I don't, and, and I'll be like, mm, I don't know. If that's... I don't think you really, you love that. You love her. But if you love, like, if you love, if you say, I love that woman, but yet you would dump her if she got fat, that means you love her, but you don't care about her. Oh, or I love okay. that man, but I would dump him if he upsets me or if he loses his job and I'm going to believe ah. him. Well, that means you love him. But to me, that's, that doesn't mean you really care about him because, because, because if you care about somebody, You'll be with them when they're going through something, even if it's not convenient for you. Like if I love you and if I think, if I think about it like this, I might have a woman I love. Let's say you have a man. I, I've seen men who have a woman they love. And let's say that she uh, gets cancer and they're not married, but she gets cancer. She's in the hospital. She's not attractive anymore and she can't have sex. A lot of men will walk away from that. Those are men who will be like, well, I loved you when you were healthy and I could see you and go out with you. But I don't want to go that deep with you. I'm not really there on those terrible, difficult situations. But a person who really cares about you is a person who says, if you're going through pain, I'll go through the pain with you. 
Okay. I'm not certain um, I would call that love personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, love to be true needs to be tested. And so what you're talking about is a scenario where you're testing someone's love to see, is it really real? <laughs> because you're in a, an unfortunate situation. So I don't, I'm not certain that that's really love, but you're, you're calling it love without care. I don't know, but the, I, I see what you mean. I kind of see what you mean. Yeah. Like, like, I don't, I, like, I believe you, you can't, I don't know. I, to me, if you, if you claim to love somebody and then you divorce them, but two years later, I would question whether you really love that person or really cared about that person. Okay. If they, you know, if, if now maybe you love them, like love, love is like this attachment driven by these chemicals in your brain, oxytocin and phenylethylamine and dopamine and all that. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're attached to them. You're thinking about them all the time. You can't wait to see them. But then what happens if, you know, what happens if they just do something that upsets you and you're suddenly like, well, I don't love you anymore. Huh? That and, and but they're okay. saying but they're saying I need you and the, and you're like well I don't love you so sorry you got to figure it out on your own. Oh, wow. uh, that that to me is um, I've seen you know you see it and I, and I don't think so I, I don't think that loving someone means you care about them just like a lot of people love their kids they don't care about them because they they'll raise their children. Wait, hold on. There are people that will that love their kids like I need my kids like you take my kids I'm I'm gonna it'll kill me, but if you look at how they raise their children. Like if you're raising your child in a way, for example, where they're so attached to you that they can't be independent because you're so scared of them leaving or you raise your daughter to not appreciate and respect men. So she ends up lonely for the rest of her life. She doesn't know how to date a man or you raise your son to be your baby your whole life. So he never grows into a real man to know how to take care of a family. Um, You loved your baby. But to me, you didn't care about him because you did not prepare him for life. Caring, Caring about me, caring about you means I want you to be good. I'll give you a perfect example to let me know that that, that I love you and, and that I love you and I care about you. Uh, remember we were talking about that movie um, where the guy had terminal cancer. It's an Apple movie. What was it called? Swan Song? Well, the guy had a terminal illness and he had the option of cloning himself and so that his wife would not have to deal with the pain of losing him. And, 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 and you know, we were talking about that and you said, would you do that for me? And I said, absolutely. I would totally like if I knew I was dying and I knew it would be painful for you and I had the option of cloning myself and have a a fake voice be here that's fully healthy that was there for you so you would not have to deal with the pain of my death. I would totally do that. And I said I would do that because I care about you. You know, I'm not trying to possess you. I love you. You know, and I think that those are two different, those are just different levels of love. I, I think some people think, of, they think that because I want to be around you and I want to possess you and I want to have sex with you, that I really care about you. No, you don't care about the person you're attached to them, but that don't mean you really care about them. Caring about something means that I will do what's best for you, even if it's not in my best interest. That's a very rare kind of love. And if you find it, I encourage you to hold on to that. I want to go back to... um how we all have baggage in our relationships. Okay. Um, how we all, when we have a relationship, we all have baggage. And I think with this scenario, cause I'm bringing us back to our, our original topic. Um, I think with this scenario, you do need to, now I do think that you don't have to have all of your issues sorted out before you get into a relationship. I'm not one of those people who believe that way. I do think that you can work a lot of your issues out through your relationships but um, I think you owe it to the next person that you date to fully resolve 
any of the previous conflictual situations happening in your life, you know, before you get into a relationship with a new person, you owe it to them to come to terms with the fact that you have to terminate with previous relationships in order to move on, even if that person is deceased. You know, you need to kind of, before you get back into a relationship again, this is even with divorce or if it's um, if the death of a spouse, no matter whatever, that loss, um, coming to terms and to grips with um, the dynamic of that loss of that loved one and really being whole in the sense where um, you've, you've kind of sorted out what happened in that relationship, the guilty feelings associated with ending a relationship before you move on and all of that, because bringing a new person into a scenario where you haven't quite moved on from old scenarios is not fair to them either. And, um, and so I just would advise for people, um, to just kind of think about that before you get into a relationship. Another thing that I would advise people <laughs> is that people have these, it just kills me how people have these long lists of criteria. You talked about what criteria and standards do you have? Do you see in the person? I heard you mention that a few points ago. And I'm just like, wow, all these people in these big old lofty criteria, those are the people who are just single. They never can have, it's almost like you meet somebody and you got this long checklist and you're like, do you check these boxes? And if you don't, you must go away. You know, it's just like, it's just like, I kind of feel like you need to take all that, that entire list and look at each one and try to figure out why is that so important to you? You know, why is the, all of the items on the list so important to you? And if you meet someone that doesn't adhere, I have to have someone with a college degree. Well, what is it about the college degree that makes you want to be in a relationship with that? Is it just that because maybe you have this understanding that having a college degree means you're intelligent? Well, no, you can find intel. So intelligence might be the, the list, <laughs> the item on the list instead of having a college degree. That's not the demarcation. But I'm just... um I'm just really curious about single people and you talk to them about why they're not in a relationship. And a lot of them have this long list of criteria. And if you don't fit this list, you can't, don't be around me. And, and so I just, I question that a lot. Yeah. You know, I think that it's, um, you know, I, I think the picking out a relationship, it's, you can think of it like a lot of different things. I mean, I'm an economist. I think of things in terms of markets, and what people don't understand is that dating is a market, just like the stock market or the job market. And the reality is that, you know, um, you can think of dating, for example, like going to eat at a restaurant. You know, if you go eat at a restaurant, you know, you can you can say, look, I want a restaurant of a certain type. I want an Italian. I want, you know, Chinese. I want a fish, you know, a seafood restaurant. But you can't pick the menu in that restaurant. Uh, you can't pick how they serve you the food. You can't pick how they cook the food. Most of they give you a little bit of leeway. They can let you kind of say, oh, "Okay, mm -hmm. don't put any salt on it, or add some extra lettuce or whatever." But for the most part, the restaurant it is going to be what it's going to be, and and the prices are going to be what the prices are. And so you can't go into a restaurant and ask them to change the prices or ask them to redesign the restaurant to your specifications or demand that you eat at a restaurant that has exactly 14 chairs with purple walls and, you know, and, and it's playing, you know, the Isley Brothers music in the background. Like you can't necessarily, because if you do that, you'll be looking for the rest of your life. 
the way we generally pick food is we I say. I agree with that. That makes sense to me. Oh, <laughs> it's thank just you. Like, like, come on. And even with a mate, it's just like, come on. You know, do we have to have 14 chairs? Like, why is 14 chairs important? Right. For me to give you a chance to get to know you as a person. I think that's what I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to like, talk about. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. Like, I, and, and, mm-hmm. that, and that's my thing. Like, I put, I put restaurants in general <laughs> categories. Either the food is good or it's not. Um. You know, is it good for, is it a fair price or it's not? Uh, is it the style of restaurant that I want or is it not? So I might say, I want to go eat at this Italian restaurant because the price is a fair and the food is good. Boom. I'm in there. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm there. I don't, I don't, I, I, all the things that don't matter much, like there's not a difference between whether they have 14 chairs in the restaurant or 28 chairs or, you know, or what the color the walls are. That's not as important as the overall question, which is, is the food worth the price? Yeah, I you like know, that. <laughs> does the good outweigh the bad? And that's how I look at, you know, dating. Like I like when I when I wanted to be with you, it was like I already came into the relationship knowing that there's probably going to be a lot of things about the situation that maybe I would change if I could. Mm-hmm. But you can't. Yeah. You know, the situation is what it is. And and so I just looked at the things I liked about you and I subtracted the things I didn't like. And mm-hmm. and it, again, just like math. You know, and if the numerator is bigger than the denominator or if the first number is bigger than the second number, then it's a good situation to go into. It's a positive, you know, you know, or like business, you know, you're going to have losses. You're going to have expenses. Do you, does your revenue exceed your expenses? If so, you have a profit. If it's the other way around, then you have a loss and you got to bounce. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's not the situation for you. So so mm-hmm. ultimately, people that have long lists, I really think deep down. Do you think they're they, scared? Do you think it's fear? I think, think it is. Well, I think it's it's definitely fear of making a mistake. Um, maybe a lack of strategy, maybe some bad advice. They don't trust themselves. Yeah. And also mm-hmm. remember, sometimes when you go into a market, like if you go into a job market and you find yourself constantly unemployed, it could be because you've misassessed the market. Maybe you're asking for um you're you're demanding and expecting a pay rate that does not fit your qualifications. And this is where a Kevin Samuels could be somewhat beneficial because he did kind of throw it out there. Like if you're not bringing X, Y, Z to the table, why would you expect ABC one, two, three, but where, where I disagree with Kevin tremendously was when he would make sort of very blanket statements like, Oh, you got kids. Ain't no man going to want you. Cause you're, or, like, or you, I, cause I you're over 30, later. over you're over 35. So you just use. Goods. Yeah. You're over 35. <laughs> so you're what, what do you call it? Uh, leftovers. Leftovers. Like that's, that's, that's just, that's just crazy. well, that's shock jock language. And that language yeah. was designed to get attention. That language was designed to rile up and make, make women mad. And, and I, I wish there was a better way to say it. Um, because I think you could make a legitimate argument to say that when it comes to certain aspects of attractiveness, um, you know, we have our peaks. Let's just say that if you look at just straight up physical beauty, a lot of women who are in their fifties, you know, feel like they were prettier in their twenties, but that doesn't mean a woman in her twenties is always better than a woman in her thirties and forties, because there's also another type. I, you know, as I got older, I noticed that women, I got to a point, honestly, where I wouldn't date a woman under 35, where I was like, when I got to my forties, I said, I want to date a grown up. I want to date a woman who's got some substance to her. And a lot of the younger girls, sure, yeah, when you're famous, 25-year-olds might run up and offer you things. I was like, I don't want to deal with that stuff. I'm not trying to do romper room 
you know, like this is not a Pokemon competition. Like I'm not trying to play these little little kid games with you. I want a grown ass woman. I want a woman that I can relate to. So I think that what that providing a statement like that without nuance, that was the part where I was like, come on, man, can't we have a deeper conversation about this? Mm-hmm. Or cutting people off. That was another thing he did a lot where oh, like the you know, the woman would start her sentence and he wouldn't even let her finish it. Mm-hmm. And again, that was for entertainment value. And I just wish he had done that a little bit differently. What's wrong with letting her finish her sentence? You know, and and I and I think that that's where you draw the toxicity, right? You draw the toxic individuals who enjoy watching you chop somebody down and cut them off and put them in their place. It's like, no, we ain't got to. I ain't got to put you in your place to let you know where I stand. Yeah, he clearly um, was working out his issues with women, uh, with the working out his issues with women in general, with the women who called into the show, I think. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Well, you know, speaking of that, it was interesting, you know, um, you know, Kevin Samuels has a mother and um his mother, um, do you know she found out that he died from the internet? I saw that. Yeah. That is a terrible way to find out that your your son died. Yeah. Sheesh. So that, that's a problem. Oh my goodness. That yeah. is a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and R R P I mean R I P to Kevin, right? Like I, I think, you he know had children, he had children, right? I assume he did, but I never we heard don't about know. his kids. <laughs> you never heard about his kids, you never heard about his own family. Okay. Well, whatever it is, I and, guess they're and I think that's an interesting thing too. I think mm-hmm. that people, you know, as 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 they as we reflect on his legacy, I think Legacy, you know, really? He's got a legacy, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he was known around the world, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. There were people that that knew knew of him, right? He had impact. Let's he just say that. He does have a legacy, yeah. But you know, I think there is a difference. Um, I think there's a difference in getting relationship advice from a single who wants to mingle, like a, a player, player. You know, like a man who's like, here's how you go and get sex or whatever, versus getting advice from, say, a family man. Like a family man who values his children or values his relationships or values his woman or has a woman by his side is very different from getting advice from a man who, you know, dies in the arms of a one night stand. Oh, boy. You know, and I hate I, I know that, that that sounds cruel to say it, but I say it like it is with that because. Kevin said it like it like it is. He told it like it is. You know, so to me, if you could dish it out, then you should be able to take that. And the reality is that that's a little embarrassing. Like I mm-hmm. died with a woman. I died from some something, I don't know, something related to the heart. And with a woman that I met yesterday who slept, spent the night at my house. If that's not a lesson, if that's not a goddamn lesson for these young guys, I don't know what is. Because you're 57, bro. 57. You're 57, right. Like right. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I apologize. You know, yeah, he's fifty seven and he's still Yeah, <laughs> you can't you like can't is this is the reality putting people, a notch in his belt. <laughs> yeah, people don't talk about this, but it's true. You can't live at fifty seven like you did when you was twenty seven, dude. So the twenty seven year olds are getting advice from the fifty seven year olds who thinks who's trying to be a twenty seven year old. And that's the thing, like people who've had a traumatic past <clears throat> a lot of times have an arrested development. You know, they're still operating from the age in which they experienced their trauma. Mm. And so for a lot of times, a lot of men who don't, who can't grow up, mm. you know, and take responsibility and you're two, y, you got two ex-wives in your 
but in your pocket, you know, you have all of these scenarios. It just tells me about how you failed as a grown up in a sense. Well, I would call and, it. And, I, I would call it failure. Well, a failed marriage is in a way kind of like a failure in a way, not in a failure like you are a failure, but a failure in this situation did not work out. And and it is important to kind of take accountability for your part in that. You you played a part in that. <laughs> Well, do. You know, and and to and to be able to see that, and then you can tell how people resolve some of those things based on how they behave, and so he's still behaving like a, you know, someone not as evolved as another man who can take responsibility for a family and so forth. Well, you know mm-hmm. what I would say. Um, I am a believer in um, personal responsibility. I believe that okay, whatever happens to you you're best off if you find the reasons that your behavior might've contributed to your outcome, right? What did you do that put you, that helped put you in that situation? Right. So I think, um, you know, so yeah, I mean, if you you look in less Kevin's life, okay. Two divorces, stuff like that. Yes. But you know, remember most people are getting divorced now, you know, so I don't, I don't, I wouldn't look at the, and we don't know the situation, the circumstances of the divorce, so you can't put all that on one person. On yeah, him. I agree. But I agree. but I do think at the same time, my big question at the end of the day for anybody, if you're getting advice on dating or what you want to do with your life, is are you happy with the outcomes of your choices? Um, it, you know, there's some areas I don't get advice on. And the reason I don't want advice is because I'm happy with the outcome. The only time I ask for help is when... I want one. I want something I can't that I can't have yet that I haven't figured out how to get. Like mm-hmm. I want to make you know twenty million dollars. I don't know how to do that. How do I, how do you, how do I do that? Give me solutions. Mm-hmm. But if you say, boys, I'm gonna give you advice on how to be happy as a dad. I might listen. I probably won't though because I'll be like, no, I'm actually quite happy. You happy? I, with I'm this I'm happy with the relationship I have with the children. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with where. It, or if somebody said, boys, I want to teach you how to be a vegan. I'd be like, that doesn't help me because I don't want to be a vegan. <laughs> you know, like, like I'm happy. You know, I, I <laughs> ate some Twizzlers yesterday, and I'm not, and I'm happy I did. Are you what, really happy you ate all that? Yes, candy? yes. If I ever decide I want to do something different, then I'm going to seek out different advice. But right now, I don't need help learning how to eat Twizzlers. Okay. Well, you I know? mean, what about if um, someone had diabetes? Now that, and they said and they ate yeah. Twizzlers. Now, now that is You'd be now like, that's hold a, on, time out. <laughs> that's another. That's a, now that is another issue too. You know, and so um so you're doing what makes you happy, but you're developing diabetes, boy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now that now, now that now that's it. Right. So But then, you're just like, forget it. This makes me happy and I'm gonna keep doing it. And I'm like, okay. So then the next question becomes, um, <laughs> you know, um, how how much do you care that you're developing diabetes? Like, cause for some people, if you tell them, hey, if you keep doing this, you're you're you you won't have any healthy relationships. Some people don't care. Some people are like, I don't care. As, don't long, really care. as long as I'm getting the sex I want, I don't really care if I have healthy relationships or not. So I've, I've seen people like that. But then there, there are some people who really want to have healthy relationships. And uh, and that's just what it is. And so let's see. Queen Esquire says he's trying to be the next Kevin Samuels. No, baby, I'm trying to be the, the one and only Boyce Watkins. So, yeah, so you, you can put that in your pocket. Uh, King T, uh, Boyce, you're a real one. Okay, and thank you very much. Uh, let's see. Who really knows Loren- Lorna? Who really knows what went down in that room? And Kevin Samuels, yeah, that woman, she's knows? the one, only one telling her story. That is true. That that's is. true. Nobody knows, right? Nobody knows. And but that's the thing, nobody knows, right? So even the people who say nobody knows, they don't know either. 
And all they know is, you know, like now if there's proof to the contrary, like if there's proof that the lady's lying, then, you know, then show the proof. Why would she lie? Right. She's like, I don't even know this man. I met him yesterday and he died in the room. Now, what would make me curious is like, was there something that spurred on the heart attack or was it just a bad luck? You know, like that. I'd be curious about that. But overall, you know, I think, you know, it, it's, I just, I, I can't, I can't lie. There's a massive amount of irony. Oh, yeah. In the fact that, that I, I watched Kevin Rise. I, I was so impressed, honestly, with the way he, you know, responded. If you, I, I followed closely, like when he first blew up, because Kevin had done, he had done a whole video about me before, and I didn't even know about it because Kevin's platform wasn't that big. But then Kevin did that video where he told the lady she was going to die alone. And I watched, whenever I see a controversy, I watch how people respond. Because I think anybody who runs a business and you understand branding, you'll you'll kind of know that there's lessons everywhere to pay attention to. So I was like, I wonder how he's going to respond to this because they are really going at him. And I said, if he's smart, he'll understand that typically almost any publicity is good publicity. And he'll spin it in a way that works for him. And Kevin spun it brilliantly. What he did was, he didn't run away from the controversy. He just doubled down on the he, abuse. He quadrupled down <laughs> yeah. on on the theme behind what they, he used the algorithms. What he did was they, the fact that they said he told the lady she was going to die alone. He did like 10, 15 videos with the term die alone in the title. Ah, so he's got he's marketing been, smarts. He, he, he was he was like, I'm going to eat this up because his numbers were like through the roof. His subscriber rate was. So people don't understand that. They think this is the thing about cancel culture that people don't get. This is a little business lesson for y'all. This is where, you know, cancel culture is losing. Cancel culture became actually a weapon against the people trying to use cancel culture to cancel somebody. They didn't understand that the, when you try to cancel somebody, you make them more relevant. You make relevant. them bigger. You make them more relevant. You make uh -huh. you get more people talking about them. Should we cancel? Because the question becomes: Should we cancel you or not? Right. And that's great as long as you're on our, in in our mind in my mind. Yeah. 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 They tried to cancel Kevin Samuels, and what they actually did was they gave him the biggest platform ever. Uh huh. And so so then Kevin, you know, he he did a really good job in his way of leveraging that attention i i didn't agree with the approach though i mean i, I told you I, I didn't a lot of his ideas i didn't subscribe to but i didn't hate everything he said but but some of the stuff i'd be like mm, you probably could have said that a little bit nicer or maybe well, but, mm, but saying yeah. it nicer doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to get you the views if you're yeah, right. really interested in the views i mean we know that um you could be a much larger platform on your large platform if you were just gonna go out and say a bunch of sensational things just to get clicks. That's if true. You don't well, the sensationalism you know, works. Um, the imagery also uh -huh. worked. He was very smart about. He always wore that black suit. That was his brand, uh -huh. the black suit, and he always appeared in the suit. He had the his office set up a certain way. He even had the little spinning thing on his table, which he was. That told me he's smart enough. Hypnotized people. That that was, he, he was. He was. Yeah. He, you put people in a trance when yeah. you put something like that, like the, the the ticking clock or the whatever, like on your desk. It makes people just sit there and they go into like a trance, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're an expert in the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. you. Absolutely, the colors mean something. How he delivers, yeah, all of that. Yeah, all of that means something. The imagery. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I just, and I, but I do think that it's, it's sad though because he was also a reflection of the toxicity on the internet. Oh, for sure. In that the internet tends to reward people who 
you know, who promote dysfunction or mm-hmm. accelerate dysfunction. It's so interesting because I see it as a scientist, you know, the internet, and there's a lot of people who blew up on the internet by dissing other people. And yeah. it's really interesting because I'll go to their page just out of curiosity and just say, okay, this video is not a diss, a diss video. This is like a normal video and look at the views and whatever, yep. you know? So it's really sensational. Like we do like the drama on the internet. It's well, like, give me some popcorn. Let well, me see what's happening. <laughs> oh, oh, I've seen people build whole entire platforms off of I hate voice walking. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't want to mention that, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> or people who, when we got, when you and I got married, there were whole, I saw, there was a whole guy um there was a guy who built a whole youtube channel where he talked he kept talking about our wedding and, and why why i was a simp for getting married <laughs> like he built his whole platform off of that and i said man you must there must be a lot of simps in the manosphere a lot of w- wimpy weak men who literally get off on watching another man get mad because another man is successful and happy. Was it, like, did this like, platform take off? Like, was it good? Yeah, he has like 80,000 subscribers. It's like the hater-verse. That's what we ought to call it, the, the hater-verse. hater-verse. Yeah, when you can't win at nothing, and so you just literally sit back and you just hate, hate on people that you think are winning, and that's what he did. Ah, and just make stuff up. <laughs> yeah, the hater-verse is, is big. Shoot, that's, that's, that's the new... But you know what's, what's interesting on a more serious note is you got to think about the message that's being sent to our children, right? Because the kids grow up thinking that they want to, um, the children grow up thinking they want to be successful by being rich and famous. And what's sad about life and what we need to teach people is that being rich and famous um, is only good in certain contexts. And it's, a pipe, it's a pipe dream too. Well, sometimes the price for fame and wealth is, is very high. And, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and one example is, um, that girl, remember that girl, catch me outside. How about that? Who's on Dr. Phil? Yeah. She said, catch me outside. So she created the only fans where mm-hmm. she now gets naked for people uh, for subscribers. And she made $53 million last year. And she showed a re- picture of the receipt of her tax return or something on the internet. And I just hate the idea that you can have children, um, you know, watching that, thinking that this is a model of success. Well, hopefully the children are watching us and how what we do every day. Well, you know, I kind of I kind of think that, um, you know, um, I really think that it's it's like, why not have balance? I think that's what it is. Right. Like you can have balance in your life and still be successful you know like like i i've 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 been able to make money you know you're successful you're professional you're very good at what you do you love your what we both really love what we do you know and we've made we've made some money and stuff like that but we didn't have to go do degrading things to do it you know and i think that's a good lesson for children like you know like okay sometimes you can go with go with the ridiculousness a little bit but when it gets too far that's when you got to stop you got to say, okay, I'm losing my dignity here. I'm, I'm hurting people here. You know, and I think that's the problem with the internet is that there are some people who don't have those boundaries at all. Yeah, I think when you go to sleep at night, you got to be able to tell yourself, I done good today. <laughs> and not, oh, I, I kicked up a whole lot of mess today. <laughs> you yeah. want to be happy with yourself. Absolutely. So I and, think that- and you for sure want to be happy with yourself when you go to the big sleep. 
Oh, when you when you well, go <laughs> when you when you go <laughs> and you transition into another world, it's like, did I fulfill my purpose? As why I'm here. <laughs> uh, well, look, R- R- Richard Knox says something nice. He says, "Salute to Dr. Boyce. I've been watching you for years. I learned a lot from you. Even went to get my MBA because you inspired me to do so." Man, I am so proud of you right now, Richard yeah. Knox. Man, God bless you, brother. God bless you, and God bless everybody who um. It's is, a lot of is, love for you, boys. Well, you know what? It ain't about love for me per se, and I appreciate it though. I really want it to be about love for like us, you know, as a as a community. Like I think black people, we are. This is a good way for us to, I think, finish the conversation. But like black people, we are so awesome. We are brilliant. We are extraordinary. We are entirely capable. You know, we when we are at our best, we are the best. Period. You know, and I just really want everybody to be happy and successful and go for what is yours you know and and uh, and i appreciate the kind words but but i i really want this flip back to you to seeing you um become the superhero in your own life you know that's what it is you know like richard knox you know man you inspired me just now when you said that brother because that that keeps me going that's the fuel in my tank and i and i and i want to be the fuel in your tank so we can fuel each other up and lift each other up mm-hmm. you know and and then also i think we should just also remember to lift our mothers up I mean, it's Mother's Day, man. And I just really, you know, think, I mean, except for in extreme circumstances, I just can't ride with anybody that isn't putting respect on the name of the black mother in America. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that there are conver- lots of conversations that have to be had about all different things going on in our community. But at the very least, those conversations have to start with a certain amount of respect for the fact that Without our mothers, we would not be here at all. We can't survive without our mothers. You can't survive without the black woman. You can't be pro-black and anti-black woman, anti-black mother. You know, and and I would encourage the real men Mm -hmm. in the room to stand up on that, stand on that. You know, like, look, okay, you know what? You can can feel how you want to feel, say what you want to say, but there's a point where we're going to draw the line in the sand and say, this is not acceptable. Yeah, I think um, I think you make good sense. And I think I started today by talking about trying to have an understanding for people. And I think when you build your platform on taking down and talking really negative and really treating black women who call black mothers, a lot of my mothers who call into the show and make you make them feel like they're less than because they're a mother. You know, making them feel they're calling in, they're looking for love. All of us are looking for love. I think that's a problem. And, and, you know, the black mom is the black woman is the based on what we know on mitochondria DNA. You know, it's the black woman that's the beginning of all um, civilization. Wouldn't Mm. you agree? Yes. Yeah. What was the name of that first? um, Lucy. Lucy. Oh, Lord. Yeah, Lucy in Ethiopia. <laughs> Was it Ethiopia? Yep. Okay. Yep, that's right. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, I hope I didn't get that wrong. Well, but um, but anyway, guys, we are about to go and hang out with our mothers today. And happy Mother's Day to every mama out there. Tell your mama I say happy Mother's Day from Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia. And also, uh, if you want to join us in Chicago, uh, you can go to boyceandalicia.com. I'm actually going to try to make it available virtually for those of you that don't live in Chicago. So uh, go to boyceandalicia.com, sign up. We'll send you some free resources on how to create a drama-free lifestyle. And also, we have a Black Love Challenge. We have a lot of things you can do 
um, that can improve your life. Uh, and it's free. So go to boysandleisha.com. You can find out about the event in Chicago. It's adults only. It's on May 15th. And also we can, um, I'll send you a link uh, if we can are able to make it available virtually. We're working on setting up a virtual um, version of the event as well. So have a good day, everybody. God bless you. And um, happy Mother's Day. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. Goodbye, everyone. All right. Bye-bye.